Welcome to Nuance in Healthcare, a project by Nuance Communications. I'm your host, Jeff Large. On today's show, I spoke with Dr. Robert Budman, a Chief Medical Officer for Nuance. Dr. Budman is a physician, MBA, and a CDIP with AHEMA. We'll pick up the conversation where he provides a bit more detail on his primary responsibilities. I'm Robert Budman, CMIO for Nuance Healthcare. I'm an MD, MBA, and I'm also a CDIP with AHEMA. All right. And Dr. Budman, what are your primary responsibilities? So as a CMIO, Chief Medical Information Officer with Nuance Healthcare, I primarily support the computer-assisted physician documentation product line, but I also do several other things within the company, assisting with learning and development, which means things for outbound training videos and internal training of support staff, as well as sitting on standards teams and various meetings to promote the company. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it sounds like then you're responsible for a lot of the educational components. That is a big part of it, yeah. Okay. And so with kind of that being your background and the context, we're focused very much on this season of this question or this idea of where does recovery begin? So very good question. And it is a moving target. During the height of the U.S. coronavirus upswing, what we saw was a drastic reduction in elective surgeries and office visits, which greatly impacted hospital revenue streams. They very quickly had to pivot, and luckily the government granted some leeway on telehealth to take away some HIPAA restrictions and platform restrictions that they were able to quickly pivot to supplying telehealth visits, particularly for critically ill patients who would be anxious or afraid to go to the hospital, for example. So that pivot to telehealth is one way to help with the new normal. But what we're finding now as the numbers in the United States decline, and be aware that there's still a global increase in testing positives, but what we're seeing now is those telehealth visits, which were running about 40%, are now dropping to 20 and 10%. And I think they'll persist, but we're starting to see a small return of outpatient and inpatient procedures, obviously with lots of safety mechanisms involved fever testing, COVID testing, wearing personal protective equipment, and so on. But what I'm saying is we're seeing a return of some traditional revenue cycle to the hospitals. But what they're going to have to adapt to is what is that mix going to be and how can they optimize that mix in revenue through documentation and volume. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and let you answer your own question. If, if you want to elaborate on that, sure. like how do we prepare for that mix? Yeah. I think what we have to do to prefer, prepare for that mix, particularly on the documentation side, and I was just on a conference call with some national healthcare leaders on this exact subject, is if I'm doing a lot more telehealth visit, how do I record it like I would do a progress note in the office where I'm face-to-face with the patient, but I'm sitting at a computer with my hands on the keyboard versus in telehealth where I have to look the patient in the face and ask my questions. I may not be as readily able to record the visit. And there are technologies that can actually record the entire visit and using artificial intelligence and other rules and algorithms 
to turn that two-way discussion, and in the case of pediatrics or elderly, there may be a third or a fourth person involved in the discussion, to turn that into a viable progress note automatically with very little editing, which actually is helpful for the doctor-patient relationship because they can maintain their face-to-face interaction without the interruptions of the physician going back to the computer multiple times. And it also uh, benefits the physician who, after the fact, may have to spend several minutes. And if you multiply that over, you know, 20 or 30 patients would be, you know, an hour or two of extra time is now preserved through the use of technology to create the note and free up the physician from the, the documentation burden, as well as that documentation being full and complete. So it can be accurately coded, which also helps sustain the revenue stream for the organization. Yeah. Okay. So if I can recap then what I'm hearing is that obviously at this time frame with it coming out of a more volatile time, um, I'm hearing that we're going to see a little more consistency. The the percentages in terms of telehealth and in-person type visits are still off. We're not quite back to maybe with the way things used to be per se, but when we're using special tools in these things in order to help use artificial intelligence, use AI in these pieces, the physician A is able to be more present and then B also focused on their craft where we're still getting really the best and in, in proper documentation in order to kind of tick the boxes and and really be operating on both fronts, both the patient side and putting them first, but then also that accountability side and and making sure that we're capturing uh, the revenue that we need. Is that correct? That is correct. I think what we're seeing is a reinvention of the doctor-patient relationship for the good through the use of technology and artificial intelligence, because now the doctor is actually face-to-face and spending more time with the patient again. And the doctors are telling us that's what they really want and the patients are satisfied too. And then on the compliance end of things, to produce a full and complete note that's accurate is so important. Mm-hmm. And does anything, now it sounded like you were talking a little more about the telehealth side of things. Does anything change on the in-person side? So in the ambulatory environment, yes. And by ambulatory environment, I mean outpatient visits specifically. So that's going to the doctor's office, going to the specialist office. On the inpatient side, the dynamic changes. On the inpatient side, what we're looking at more so is in terms of this computer-assisted physician documentation, making sure that we capture the full and complete details of diagnoses and making sure that by looking at the evidence within the charts, the signs, the symptoms, the laboratory reports, the imaging reports, the nurse's notes, and so on, that we may not be missing a potential diagnosis. Doctors are very busy and they're addressing multiple problems, but it's very easy for something to slip through the cracks. Mm -hmm. So the specificity and completeness on the inpatient side is operating under a different solution set. Mm -hmm. So am I hearing then, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, so please clarify for me. Am I hearing that there's, based on the state of things, that documentation maybe even serves a more important role at this point for hospitals and physicians? Absolutely. It's so critical. And when you do reviews of hospital quality scores, for example, or hospital documentation programs, Generally speaking, on documentation, say we do a really good job and we interact with the physicians, but when you look at the quality scores and the severity of illness scores, you may see some 
room for opportunity uh, of several percent, for example. And that's also going to directly relate to revenue capture because it's saying to the public or, or at least to the educated folks who are specialists in this area, you're missing documentation opportunities, which would lead to an improvement in your quality scores and your public facing quality scores, you know, where people compare now so much like they do on Amazon, for example, between products, people do the same thing for hospital organizations. Mm -hmm. And with really good, thorough and complete documentation that captures the acuity of the patient, it will improve those quality scores, but also full and complete coding of the note leads to an improved revenue stream for the hospital as well. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Okay. So we are kind of wrapping up in-person and telehealth here. Is there anything that you would like to add in terms of, say, inpatient and outpatient care? Well, they both require, and what we found is even with great technology solutions, there has to be a significant clinical leadership perspective. It just makes it so much more real for the physicians and the providers. You know, it's easy for the financial officer or the CEO or, you know, someone in revenue cycle to say, we really need to do this to capture more dollars, but it doesn't translate well to the practicing physicians. So clinical leadership is really key because change management helps to drive the better outcomes. And by outcomes with physicians, I mean the use of the technology tools and the benefits of why we're doing it. Because, you know, nobody wants to learn a new computer program. You know, you can't just turn it on and expect them to use it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think you're in an interesting position where you've been able to witness some of these things. Could you give us a practical example of where the leadership and the way that you're talking about was successful and maybe helped the team overall? Sure, that's an excellent question. So if I took two freestanding medical organizations, let's say one on the East Coast, one on the West Coast, not any particular names. I'm just going to say what I've witnessed. And I can turn on the same technology solution at one site where we say, oh, this will help us capture more codes, for example. But there isn't strong change management leadership involved. And they use it, yeah, it's really neat, but it's not impacting my day-to-day -day work. And they don't see a significant change in their coding and accuracy. But the other organization has very pointed clinical leadership saying, this is why we need to do it. It's our survival as an organization. We need to improve our revenue stream. We need to improve our clinical documentation. And not just for coding and billing, but it impacts the discussion and the communication across the team of what's really happening with patients. Let me give you a quick example of that. Everybody can diagnose, well, not everybody, but tongue in cheek, everybody can diagnose diabetes and congestive heart failure and put that on the chart. But saying it's diabetes type 1 with severe complications of retinopathy, neuropathy, and nephropathy, and dependent on XYZ medications, and congestive heart failure that's acute systolic with a greatly reduced ejection fraction is a very different dialogue within the care team. And it's more facile because you're not making the physicians hunt and search every single time for all the particulars. But the change management component of getting there is saying... This is what we're going to do. We're going to communicate it multiple times. We're going to support it. It's not going to come as a surprise. We're going to track your, your results. We're going to use those results to drive program performance. And regardless of making great software or not, the organizations that do well have the leadership and change management very strongly in their culture. Mm -hmm. No, that makes sense. And so what I'm hearing again, it sounds like this very much is a team effort 
this goes beyond even the higher level thing of what we're talking about with it, whether it's good code or trying to capture some revenue. But I mean, it sounds like this is a cultural shift for the better of the entire organization. Absolutely. And without a doubt. Okay. Uh, I've seen it multiple times. Yeah. And then let's say, just for the sake of argument, let's say uh, one of our listeners is maybe in a position where this isn't happening yet. Do you have any practical first steps outside of like, they can go and learn and things, but is there anything that they can do now to start to move themselves towards the success? Yeah, I think understanding the, the playing field in healthcare is important. I mean, there's a ton of widgets and me too's out there and apps and, you know, things you can put on your phone and cards that you can put in your pocket, but really trying to work with an outside expert, not trying to necessarily do it homegrown. There are places who can do that, but, but really looking for folks who have had success and partnering with them for assistance, learning about those, you know, what are those widgets and apps that are out there? For example, you know, we hear about RFPs all the time. You know, compare the products like you would on Amazon. It's just a bigger product when you look at it in healthcare, typically. Mm -hmm. And educate yourself and, and learn what it takes to be successful. Perfect. Dr. Budman, thank you for your time. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Nuance in Healthcare. To realize your improved revenue, visit nuance.com forward slash revenue.